1: Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating,
0: but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We love audiobooks and we suspect that you do too. Because you're a Soulful MBA listener, you can get an audiobook of your choice and a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba.
0: Again, that's audibletrial.com slash soulfulmba for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Soulful
1: MBA podcast, episode 108, The State of the Wellness Industry. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Jenny. Hi, everybody. So at the tail end of this year, of 2018, we want to have an episode here where we just reflect and muse on the current state of the wellness industry as we see it, given that our software is situated squarely in that industry. and. We know that many of you who are listening are also a part of it. So I think there have been some big changes that have happened in the last year or two in wellness, and we just want to be able to reflect on them a little bit here.
0: Yeah, I think the main message is that wellness is the place to be. If, If that's your business, it's really exciting. Some of the changes, the expectations, you know, what people want, it's really fascinating to watch right now, and it's changed so drastically since you first started this company, Five years ago? Four years yeah. ago?
1: I mean we yeah, we really four and a half years ago was was the V one <laughs> the infancy of it. We started doing the research for the company exactly five years ago. Five so years ago. So it's been yeah. f- five years of really intently studying and Having conversations in this industry and the evolution has happened so quickly. I mean, five years seems yeah. like a long time, but in this in the scope of a like a whole industry, it feels like nothing. And yet everything is changing. And so I, I think the reason that this episode came up as a topic for us is just because of some of the headlines we've been seeing in the news in recent weeks and months. And so much of it is around like these really, really big. Fitness empires like Peloton. I was just reading this week about how Peloton is planning to file for an IPO next year. And it was most recently valued at $4 billion. And so that's a real unicorn. That's a real unicorn company that's now, you know, like up there with the Ubers and the Airbnbs and the Facebooks of the world. And I think the fact that there is a wellness company in that sphere is just astonishing.
0: Yeah, I think we should explain what Peloton is to those who are not familiar with it, because it's a really unique business model that if you had pitched it to me five years ago, I would have said, "Uh uh-uh, no way would that fly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a
1: stationary bike, and it's a studio in New York City, and a giant, giant studio in New York City now that sells stationary bike, which by all it's accounts is a as a work of art that costs $2000 or so retail and also comes along with a well you have to pay extra like I think it's $45 a month or something now for online streaming classes that go with the bike because there's a built-in TV and you wear your headphones and there's little weights and they have like way more than cycling now. They've they've become an entire fitness empire. Although I think really Peloton is a spinning, you know, it's like a spinning exercise. <laughs> it's a cycling exercise. And they just surpassed SoulCycle in popularity for the first time in Soul Cycle. I mean, I think if you don't know what SoulCycle is, it's also a spinning class based empire, but they have 90 locations or they're in 90 gyms in North America. And Peloton just has this one location and they've just surpassed SoulCycle because they have an online component. And I think this is really relevant to us as a business, but also to many of you listening. I think, you know, so often, we see ourselves as small and this like we're niched into this little industry and I remember when we were pitching for investment Sandy so often the conversation was like okay but are you, what are you going to do beyond wellness and we were like wellness is really big <laughs> you know we, yeah. we had to make the case to investors that wellness was a worthwhile niche market or industry to even go into that it was big enough and now in just a couple years it's clearly proven itself as such and and I mean, there are a lot of equity issues we could get into around who can afford a $2,000 spinning bike and $45 a month classes. And I think you're locked into the classes for a year or two. Once you buy the bike, it's part of the package. But-
0: don't you think that's fascinating? Like, instead of opening up 90 locations, I'm going to sell $2,000 bikes to all my potential mm-hmm. clients. Instead of how ha- I'm taking revenue in instead of investing in more locations yeah. and charging a monthly fee on top of right. that. Like, no, that's it's just kind of like
1: the holy grail of business, right? You sell me. some yeah. big ticket item and then yeah. built in the backside is recurring revenue that's not oh my God. inconsequential, right? So it's kind of a genius move. I was reading an article from the Wall Street Journal from last year. About Peloton when it was still much smaller. And it was this new woman had been brought on as head of branding or marketing. And it was really interesting. She was giving this interview about how the company really had designed itself to be for suburban people. Like it was really like, okay, well, there's the boutique fitness industry that's serving people in major urban areas on the coasts. But really, We're designing this tool and this streaming component to bring the feel of a boutique fitness experience to the suburbs or to the middle of the country or the middle of the continent. And actually, that's not happened. I mean, it's happening, but it's also all over the coasts. And it's been really interesting how what percentage of their user base, their customer base is actually in urban areas that are like so saturated with boutique fitness studios because people still want
0: the convenience of being able to work out in their home. Right, and just skip the whole travel. And if you have sick kids, which is what we say to all of our teachers on stream, right? For the reason that yeah. they should start teaching online are these exact same reasons. It's so fascinating.
1: Yeah, no, it's so interesting because like Peloton has said, like they have a huge urban opportunity and rather than being competitive with SoulCycle or Barry's Bootcamp or these like all these great yoga studios, they're saying that those boutique fitness experiences elevate... Their brand and their opportunity. So, I just want all Mm -hmm. of you listening to have this kind of abundant mindset around what you're building. Because if Peloton says, like, hey, you know, you live in New York City and you could go, you know, on a five minute walk and go to 10 different boutique fitness classes, and yet we think you could still have one of our bikes in your home, in your apartment, and right. pay $45 a month to stream our classes. And I think that that what this is showing is that it's not an either or, right? It's not just that people are choosing at home versus boutique fitness. What's happening is that they're opting for both. It's an and.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a huge point. And it's abundance mindset, like you said, and nobody can say to us, but someone so is already doing that. It does not matter. It doesn't doesn't matter. It does not matter.
1: (laughs) No, not in the least. You know, I think for me, this is so inspiring. I obviously follow this kind of news very closely because of the position that our company is in. And to have seen something go from like really fringe a few years ago to now so mainstream is just astonishing. And I think too, I mean, one of the articles I was reading about Peloton in Recode on that website, like their subtitle for their article was tech-based home fitness Mm -hmm. companies are having a heyday. And I just want all of you to know that, that this is, the the timing is absolutely perfect for you to be building the online component of your work. I mean, this is increasingly the norm and there's real big money to be made in this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the second point we have is around Yoga Journal. So Jenny, what have you been noticing in your inbox lately?
1: Yes. Okay, so along the same lines of these trends, I, of course, subscribe to Yoga Journal and get their emails to multiple inboxes because this is the industry we're in and this is what we like to do as people. And I have witnessed over the past 18 months or so, and I'm sure all of you who also get these emails have seen a shift where it used to be I'd get an email every few months where Yoga Journal is asking me to like buy a gift s- subscription or resubscribe or you know, whatever, like buy two years for the price of one, like before my renewal is up. And I mean, this is like what you get from any magazine. And now I get an email every single day. I'm actually trying to like keep track of them. And I have multiple email addresses subscribed to Yoga Journal. And I'm trying to see like, how often are they promoting online classes. And it's every single day. The last month, every single day, I have a little tick mark that Yoga Journal is promoting some kind of online based programming. And it's so interesting because I don't know what I'm tagged at in their <laughs> in their like email marketing system, whether I'm tagged as a yoga teacher or like a reader of the magazine or whatever, because I have multiple email addresses. I'm I'm kind of studying it. But I think it's just that is such a profound shift as well to see like a paper magazine magazine. yeah, (laughs) that used to just be this place where, you know, sort of famous yoga teachers were profiled to now like this kind of voice of an entire online education platform. And so I just think like these are the kinds of things to pay attention to in a market. We're seeing that happen across the wellness industry and really across almost every industry. When we get to our joy at the end of the episode, I want to talk about this as it relates to like the most unlikely industry in the entire world having online programming. So you can look forward to that at the end. But this is just the future. It's not even the future anymore. It's not fringe. If you look at the sort of curve of a market, you always have – it's a bell curve. And you always have like the early adopters – And then, you know, like it goes up to a hump where sort of mainstream buyers are purchasing what you're selling. And then there's like these laggards right at the end and it's a bell curve. (laughs) And we are well beyond the early adopter phase of online fitness and online health and online wellness. Like it is now 100% mainstream.
0: Yeah, let's drill this down to what we just saw like 10 days ago. So we are now recording in early December. So Black Friday has just passed. And this, it was just astounding, Jenny, the sales that happened for our teachers on Namastream. I mean, we've, as we said, been in existence four years or so now, and I've never seen a Black Friday sort of week, really, like we just saw. And I think it speaks to what you've just said, that consumers are demanding this, that consumers are expecting this, they want it, they're willing to pay for it. And our teachers, we had one in particular who we will be interviewing shortly. She launched her online membership, her studio's online membership, and she did so well over the weekend. It was just blew me away. So we saw people using coupons and specials and you know sales, and the activity was just insane. And it was just so reaffirming and so exciting to see all these teachers succeed. It was just, it was just beautiful.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was the whole point, right? And sometimes it takes a little longer than you think. And we're privy to to some of this, but we don't make it a point of sort of sharing anyone's public financials. You know, and, and, like that's not what we're about as a brand. But like in terms of our internal monitoring, like this is this is wild. Now when someone signs up, it's not just that the revenue numbers are higher initially. The actual user base is higher too. So it's not like skewed because somebody is selling a $4,000 coaching program. Like we're talking about people selling kind right. of smaller priced 20, 30, memberships 40. or products and still having big payouts. And I, I think that, you know, we see our user base grow dramatically like the the rate of growth of the user base is is higher so like every time a new wave of teachers joins the actual user base number is is higher almost exponentially than before mm-hmm. because these teachers are bringing so many students onto the platform with them so it's it's about money but it's also about like usage right and I, I think that that's really important to factor in like people are using it it's not just that they're buying it. They're using it and their students are using it. And for us as the creators mm-hmm. of this tool, I think it's just absolutely
0: thrilling for us to see and to be a tiny part of. Yeah. I I I want to share that we, you and I sit down at every end of every month and we run through our numbers and we track a whole whack of numbers. And we just started tracking our users. So that includes the teachers plus their students. That number was I didn't believe it, to be honest. Like you were, I was like, well, this is skewed somehow. And you were like, no, Sandy, this is what it is. And when we looked deeper, it was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that this many people are using Namastream. It's so crazy. Because we don't, of course, we don't have the contact with the teacher students, right? Like they're kind of there. Only once in a
1: while, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they a need a password or reset help or something. Yeah, it, it's, like something. it's minor. Yeah, I mean, but I think for the amount that we get into our support team, I think it's not it's not apparent although we see I mean there there is like a correlation between a bunch of new people coming on or a bunch of growth on the platform we do see additional support requests and tickets coming in but it's not that dramatic right no. so I think we don't have such a visceral sense of the growth because mm-hmm. we really only interact with our teachers and our studio owners and so to see the student side of it is just like it's thrilling, and we we back that up against Google Analytics, like in terms of who's in the platform the logged in and using I believe different those numbers pages, right? To and Google. video plays, and it's just it's like I don't know, it's like you made a little baby and you put it onto the world, and the little baby's thriving, oh, and look, it feels people are using it so. Yeah, so we just I think to all of you, so thank you. If you're if you're one of our our teachers or our studios or if you're thinking of doing it, we highly encourage and urge you to get on this bandwagon because this is the future, this is of this industry. We're lucky to play a small role in it, and it's just a fascinating time to be a part of it. Okay, and then the final point we wanted to talk about is more personal today. I mean, we could talk about the state of the wellness industry and go into data, but I I think like we've symbolically sort of shared with you what what we believe is taking place. But there's also a more personal side for us. And I think this is a pretty vulnerable thing for us to share, but we feel like we know all of you are listeners. <laughs> this is sort of our our close, our closest people. And audio, I feel like podcasting gives us a chance to really connect. So we wanna be honest and transparent. So this time last year, Sandy, we were really struggling with our market. I think you and I both- mm-hmm. Because of where we were in our lives and our dreams for the future and our plans and our ideas, we felt really limited by our industry. and Just wellness. (laughs) Just wellness. Like it was always like, but we're just this. We're just a little wellness company. And- As female founders and as women, we wanted to be able to give ourselves permission to think bigger than that. And so, 2018, to be very honest, has been a giant experiment for us in going beyond wellness. And we did it as a trial period. And in terms of going beyond, it was really just our marketing and some of our our copywriting and and our sort of who we're trying to target with our presence on the internet. And it was thrilling at first. And, to, and like liberating, right? To think of ourselves as bigger than a wellness company because the truth is that our platform, we do have people, a percentage of people on our platform who aren't in wellness. And we're like, well, let's just look at them as a case study and let's just try to reach other populations because the truth is our our software is really malleable and you could use it to teach anything. And why are we as women keeping ourselves small? And we had a whole podcast about this. So you mm-hmm. can go back and listen mm-hmm. to it. And so at the end of 2018, here we are, and we want to say that the experiment, in a way, kind of failed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, failure is a hard thing to admit, and it's not that it failed because we didn't get like non-wellness people into our fold. It failed because I think we got confused ourselves with who we were talking to, and I think I have felt paralyzed for the second half of this year in terms of our messaging and what we're building and who it's for. And I think as founders steering the company in a certain direction, that's a really hard place to be and to not know who you're talking to, right? Like, And so that goes against all of the advice that we give to our clients. And I think we sort of saw ourselves in a way sort of above that advice because we're like, oh, well, we've been there. We've done that. That worked. We're going to try this other thing now. (laughs) Like, go women power. And I think we tied that bigger vision to feminism. And so it felt really important to us to do it. And it still feels important to sort of tie mm-hmm. our vision to feminism and our own power. But I don't think that that means that we have to walk away from wellness. And I think just seeing the trajectory of some of these other brands and these companies in our industry, I think it's given us permission to find our home here again. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com.
0: I agree with you, Jenny. It has been so interesting to look back at 2018 and look at our mindset and our attitudes towards yoga and to wellness and I think for me personally I was a little bit tired of yoga because we talk yoga we see yoga our Instagram is filled with yoga our videos and Vimeo are filled with yoga it's yoga 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 and we wanted to expand beyond that and it I think it got a little bit to what is Sandy and Jenny like and it's not about that there's still a company that we need to think about and there's this ebb and flow that happens and we kind of flow to away from it and I think now we're back and I I honestly Jenny I think we needed the break we needed to take our minds elsewhere and try something and you know we we have the outliers we're always going to have those outliers but now We've just decided the last like couple weeks that we are 100% focusing on wellness and a whole lot on yoga. And oh my God, everything is easier. The newsletter is easier. Oh the gosh. emails are easier, the copywriting, the headlines, everything. Because when you can talk so specific to a, an audience, it's just beautiful. It's so easy. So I feel like you know, I don't like. It was it a mistake or not? I don't think it was a mistake. It's just part no, of the it journey. Was it was just sort of yeah, veering and coming back. And I know that through a lot of our you know networks, and specifically me here in Calgary with the business networking that I do, that we'll have business coaches. We'll have people who have nothing to do with wellness who will come on tour. Actually, my accountant, Jenny, I didn't even tell you this. He was talking to me about coming on to Namastream and talking about like (laughs) financial stuff and doing a membership for his people. And I was laughing because that'd be super (laughs) cool. I mean, it's a really good idea, but he has nothing to do with wellness. So of course, I think also, Jenny, there was a bit of an ego involved. Like our platform can do any industry. Like, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be yoga. You don't have to be nutrition. So of course you can teach any subject, and I wanted to like shout that out, like, yeah, we can, you can do anything on Namastream. Stream. But to say that you can do anything on Namastream Stream speaks to no one. And so mm-hmm. we're really choosing to bring this back to our roots and to really focus on those that have made us successful so far. And I, f- it actually feels really, really good. So I'm it does. Kind of it blessed. feels so
1: right. And I do think we needed the break. And you know, I think part of it was I. For years, when I'm introduced to someone or someone meets me, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the one with that yoga company. And I'm I'm always like, no, I have a software company. And it just bothered me so much. And yesterday, someone said, oh, yeah, you're the one with that yoga company. And I was like, yep. That's my company, (laughs) you know? And I just sort of like, that's what it is and it's okay. And I'm, I'm proud of it and I love it. And it's okay that you're going to think that because I don't really care what you think. Right. And the truth is, I know that it, I know that it's that, but it's also so much more than that. Like my daily life, Sandy and your daily life, like we have, and our team, like it has nothing to do with that, right? Like we're, we have a technology company and it is in an industry and we deeply know and serve that industry but yet it's a tech company. And I I you know what I have to get over the ego assault of mm-hmm. someone being like, Oh yeah, you have that little yoga company. And that's okay. You know what you can think that. It's not about
0: yeah, and it's that's, not about that. And it doesn't matter. Right.
1: And they're not. I don't cri- care what you lot think. Of
0: criticism <laughs> to them. From from them, yeah. that's what they and, and also the name, Nomstream. Obviously, it's very, very uh Sanskrit y. So yeah, that's that's how they perceive it. It is not an attack on you're so small or you're so little or you're just limited. It has nothing to do with that. It's you know what we have yoga teachers on our platform and it's pretty I think you damn just cool. Invented a new adjective. Sandy. I know. I know Sanskrity. Sanskrity. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness gracious, <laughs> Jennifer! I love it. Jennifer, indeed, who is my teacher, will die if she hears me say that because she's a big Sanskrit <laughs> person. But
1: <laughs> and that is why we are not a yoga company, even though we are because <laughs> we say Sanskrit. Sandy says words like Sanskrity. <laughs> so I mean, here that's the truth, and I think that for this, like we just gave ourselves this time, we recognize some things, we sort of come back to our roots, and I think. I feel really proud to be part of this industry, especially because it's all like in the news headlines, right? And I think it feels more legitimizing to be like, yes, we're in the wellness industry because the wellness industry is on the cover of the Wall Street Journal or or like in, you know, like Hacker News or in the tech hubs like this is a big industry to be a part of and I think I just want to allow myself to feel proud that we are a part of it and that we we have a a stronghold in this space and that we serve a client population in this space that's thriving because of what we've built Yeah, and that's fine I think it was a good experiment and I and we will always continue to serve those other people and welcome them and love them and it's all part
0: of the education of building a business right and also we just had a client message us that she's pre-sold nine 19 memberships before she's even started. Like, oh my God, that, that enough is- Yeah, that didn't used to happen two years no. ago. No, <laughs> people didn't even know the word no. pre-selling. So she joined 10 no. days ago and she sold 19 memberships before yeah. she's no even it's started. It's great, it's like- great. I
1: think we're seeing a shift happen for- but our client base is more sophisticated on average. And I think that's just because the industry is more sophisticated and maybe we're, we're attracting a a more sophisticated kind of client. But I actually think there's a shift happening where it's more and more expected that you are familiar with these, these kinds of internet business concepts. And, you know, I'm grateful for it because there's a lot that you can gain from taking part in these kinds of projects. Like you, you can really build a business that supports you, supports your family, pays off your debt, creates financial security. All of those things are true. And so the more people are familiar with how to do that, to me, the better we are off as a society.
0: Absolutely. So on that note, let's move into joy and hustle. You've got the joy. Okay. Okay. I don't okay, even okay. know what it is. the joy.
1: Okay. So just to illustrate how important kind of online education is and thinking outside of the box is, my joy is the site called The Sill. And I don't think – I don't imagine they serve outside of the U.S. You'll have to check, Sandy. Probably not. You go to that website. S-I-L-L. Yeah, The Sill. So The Sill is like a startup for houseplants. (laughs) I feel embarrassed even saying this, even though I think it's such a cool company. But it's a startup for houseplants. And they're disrupting the way people buy plants and take care of their plants. And I love it because they sell these beautiful plants. They seem like they're really high quality. They have flat rate shipping or free shipping above a certain amount. And they tell you they give you an education for how to take care of different plants and they have categories like pet safe plants because a lot of animals like cats will eat plants and get really sick or die like to me it's like it's such a fascinating industry to see someone trying to disrupt it but the really interesting piece about this is that they have online classes in plant care and i remember reading in recent months a whole new york times story about how millennials are more likely to have plants than pets. Like some, I don't know, it was something like that. I, I don't want to miss but butcher the the article because I don't remember it that well. But it was this, it's like this very growing trend that people who don't have own their own homes or are constantly having to move for work. Like they don't want to have kids or pets early because at so much responsibility and it's hard to manage and, and think through the future. And yet, so they're turning to plants, right? And so that's why there are all these Instagram accounts about plants and like plants are this obsession. So the Sill is one of these companies that's capitalizing on this trend. And I am getting a lot of Christmas presents for people from this company. So that's part of why I thought of it for the joy for this week. But I also think it's just a fascinating business to look at from you know, a fellow business owner standpoint and to think about the fact that they are selling
0: online courses about plants. Right. And they also have a membership, a monthly membership too. It's
1: Yeah, the membership, they send you plants. Every, every month though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's super yeah. cool. It is US only. I just checked their shipping. Yeah. Yeah. But at, that's, figured it would be. so I, again, it's like this abundance mindset that if you think that whatever your specialty is, your expertise can't be taught online, we would probably argue with you a little bit. I
1: totally probably argue is. with you. Yeah, I mean, from the circles that we run in, we've seen people like teaching online courses on basically every topic you can imagine, and offering memberships on every topic. Like, there is so much opportunity if you are skilled and talented and passionate about something. And the more there's niche, so the better. Much room. Yep, niche down. Okay. Hustle plants. <laughs> it is. So, what's the hustle?
0: The Sandy? hustle. I love this hustle and. Brene Brown's latest book called Dare to Lead. And you suggested, I knew that it had come out, but I hadn't really jumped on it. And then you suggested it. And it is really rocking my world. Like it is so good as all of her stuff is. Daring Greatly was one of the one of my most favorite books of all times. Mm -hmm. And I think this is now up there. And this, it's just even if you're not in a position where you have a, you know, a massive staff or a big team to lead, I think just stepping up in meetings or even with you and I just between the, the two of us and we speak so much every day, it makes me think about how to handle you or how to, no, I'm just kidding, but like just just the communication between two people or multiple people doesn't matter. It's so good. And if I had had this book when I had my staff at the store there would have been some different outcomes as far as how I handled and communicated and run, run meetings and so on. And Brene just has such a beautiful way about her. And she gives such personal examples. I'm not even done the book yet. And I'm still have, I, looking forward to it. And I have learned so much. So I would just highly like this is a must read for everybody. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I listen to it in just little bits when I'm doing the
1: dishes at night. It just makes me so happy. And sometimes after I finish my dishes, I just sort of rewind on my Audible app and listen more <laughs> to like listen to it again. Because it's so good. It's one of those things I think I'm going to need to order the paper copy yeah, as well. I, yeah. I was so just I gonna go say that I have it on
0: Audible and I'm listening to it and I constantly rewind because I I don't want to miss anything. I need to be concentrating mm-hmm. on what she's saying. And so I feel like I need to have that book as well just to mark up or look at some of her lists, you know. She's got mm-hmm. all these like seven steps and I need to look at them and really see it to really get it. Yeah. But it's so yeah. valuable to anybody. It would be a great gift. And we will Oh, it's
1: so good. It's so good. And I, I would say like her discussion or her writing about core values is the best I've ever seen. I don't know if you've gotten to the no, part about core haven't. values yet, Sandy, but like, you know, you and I have an mm-hmm. internal mm-hmm. dialogue where no, I, I, I like, feel like. I like values. No? I, kn- I, like them. I know you like that, but it's like, <laughs> people don't need to hear that. And then there's this, like, I'm all about core values. And so it's so, but the way that Brene Brown talks about core values and how. Yeah. How you her, lead. like faith? Like, yeah. like her, like her core values really define the way she lives her life, and and how when she's up against a difficult experience or a difficult conversation, how she thinks through how those how those different outcomes relate to her core values and how her behavior mm-hmm. relates to that. It gives her courage or strength or you know whatever to have the, a difficult conversation or to do something that's challenging for her. And I I think for me for any of us who like. If you're in Soulful MBA, you know this, but the first phase of Soulful MBA involves a pretty detailed core values assessment process. And I can't emphasize enough how important that is. And I certainly don't teach it as well as Brene Brown. So I love it. And it's super important. And I just wish everyone on earth could, yeah, the could world listen would be a to that place. one
0: section on core values. Well, I wish that I had that book when I had the stores because my favorite part is the how to deal with the know-it-alls. I had so many know-it-alls like that just never like oh they drove me crazy and I never knew how to handle them. And she explains it so well. And I thought, oh, I wish I had that 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, yeah, no, anyway. I agree. It's so good. So yeah, highly recommend it. And we'll include a link to our to the book shop. in our shop, our online shop, P P E, which is where we house all of our favorite things that are available on the internet. So yeah, go give it a read. And if you have Audible, download it. If you don't have Audible, just go buy it. Download it from there. You get a free book for, because you're a Soulful MBA listener. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye.
0: Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to... Wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. I'm going to